chapter number 15, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Thankful for our teachers that uh, take care of our kids and, and uh, some of the people that are already over there taking care in the nursery and grateful for, for all those volunteers that help, up, help out and are such a tremendous blessing in our church. And we're thankful that you've chosen to be here this morning. I know uh, we've got a number of people that, um, that are regular attenders. We've got some that, that never been here before. We've got some that haven't been here in a long time. And so we're thankful to see everybody here this morning. And what a wonderful day to gather together as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. That's what it's all about. That's a whole reason for being here today. And if it wasn't for Christ being risen, uh, we'd have no hope at all. And this morning, we're going to talk about that. Now is Christ risen. Uh, that's, that's the key. That's the point. That's the whole reason for anything. That's the reason for living. We're going to see that this morning. As we get started this morning, let's have a word of prayer. Ask for the Lord to help us. And then we will dive into the scriptures together this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity you give us to be able to open your word today, to be able to hear from you. And I pray now that, God, that, uh, that our hearts would be open and you would speak. Lord, I, I have asked that you would fill me. I've asked, Lord, that you would work. And, God, I just ask, Lord, that now, um, God, you would, you would do something unusual. I pray, God, that in, in this church, Lord, that there's no doubt some that are here that are hurting, some that are broken, some that are seeking hope, some, Lord, that have lost hope and are, are seeking for it again. I just pray, Lord, that today that that hope would be found in Jesus. And I pray, God, that we'd be encouraged by the message from your word this morning. I thank you, God, for 1 Corinthians 15. Lord, how powerful it is. And Lord, as we look at much of this chapter, I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, to know you in a deeper way. And Lord, I pray that if there's somebody here this morning that has never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I pray today they get that settled. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look with me, if you would, at 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory that I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, Paul begins his address to the church at Corinth with a powerful reminder. He he reminds them, he says, listen, I have declared unto you the gospel. What is he saying? He's saying, I've told you the gospel. I've given you the gospel. I've preached this unto you. I've told you this. I've shared you uh, this before. And in case maybe some of you have forgotten exactly what the gospel is or, or some in Corinth had forgotten what the gospel is, Paul reminds them of exactly what it is. In verse number two, he says, it's the thing that saved you if you truly believe. Saved you from what? Well, save you from a penalty of your sins, a punishment for eternity in a lake of fire. In verse number three, he goes on and says, I, I delivered you first of all that which I also received. He says, listen, I'm not just telling you something that, that I'm pushing on you. He says, listen, this has impacted my life. I've made this decision myself. He says, well, what is it exactly where verses 3 and 4 tell us? They're the second part of verse number 3. He says, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. What is the gospel? It's the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
You know, the greatest demonstration of, of love, we talked about it on Friday night, was when Jesus died on the cross. We're familiar with the verse, John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God has given us his son. Why? Because he loved us. In John chapter 15, verse number 13, the Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus did. He loved us so much that he gave himself. In 1 John chapter number 4, the Bible says in verse 9, And this was manifest, the love of God toward us. The love of God was showed toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation, the payment for our sins. On Friday night, we, we came together and, and, and a number of us were here and we celebrated that sacrifice that Jesus made. We talked about Jesus' broken body as he gave it for us on that cross. We talked about that cat of nine tails that whipped across his back, that tore the flesh from his body. The Bible says that his bones looked and stared upon him. Uh, he was marred like no man had been marred before. Uh, eventually, when he finally made his way to that cross, we see that he shed his precious blood for us. What a beautiful thing that Jesus did for us. You see, if it wasn't for the shedding of Jesus' blood, we could have no remission of our sins. We could have no payment for our sins. Hebrews chapter number 9, 22 tells us that. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. It's Christ's death on the cross that demonstrated that you and I are loved. Why? Because love is more than just words. We all understand that. Love is action. Jesus showed us as he died on the cross. But listen, friend, if we stopped at his death, there would be no hope. As we sung about this morning, there, there is a living hope. And listen, if Jesus Christ simply died on the cross, there would be no hope. If Jesus were simply buried and that was the end of the story, we wouldn't have anything to celebrate at all today. If Jesus were still in the grave, then he would just be another man. You see, it's what happened on the morning of that third day that makes all the difference. It's what happened on that third day that changed everything. It's what happened on that third day that we're here this morning to celebrate. Paul, as he's writing here to these, these believers there at Corinth, they had fallen into this trap of believing some things that just simply weren't true. You see, one of the things that they believed, and we're going to see it from the Scriptures here, they had an unbelief in a risen Jesus. There is this idea that it creeped in that Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead and therefore there was no resurrection. Look at verse number 13 of chapter number 15 with me. The Bible says this, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. In Paul's day, just like is the case today, there are many that have denied that Jesus bodily rose from the grave. 
We've spoken of the religious group known as the Sadducees. And and one of the key things about the Sadducees was, yes, they were religious. And yes, they held certain positions of of authority. But ultimately, they didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus. If you ever struggle to remember who it is, we mentioned it when we talked about them in Mark. uh, The Sadducees, they were sad, you see. Why? Because they didn't believe in the resurrection. The belief that they had had made its way not only into the world around, but it had made its way into the church there in Corinth. Some held a belief that, that while Jesus, they didn't believe he bodily rose, but maybe it was a spiritual thing. He spiritually rose from the grave. And, and some had volunteered the belief that that's what it was. This belief that began outside the church had begun to creep into the hallways of that church there in Corinth and ultimately into some of the hearts of the attenders of that church and ultimately into some of the believers that were there at that church. Now Paul's writing these words in chapter number 15 to address this issue. You know, in the world that we live in today, it hasn't gotten any better. In fact, it's gotten much, much worse. And in 2020, a poll was taken by LifeWay Research that found that 66% of Americans profess that they believed Uh, The Bible's account of Jesus' bodily resurrection. That means that 34% of adults, Americans, either didn't believe or they weren't sure that the resurrection actually even happened. Just think about that. America, that we would claim to be a Christian nation, quote unquote. That we sing the national anthem and we say that, listen, uh, we're under God and and may God shed His grace on us. And and listen, we we would stand and say all these things. But the fact of the matter is, is over a third of our nation doesn't even believe that Christ actually rose from the grave. And listen, it gets worse than that. Within the age group of 18 to 34 years old. I know most of you, a lot of you in this room are saying, man, I remember those days. All right. Listen, 18 to 34, they found that 59% said they didn't believe that Jesus actually rose from the grave. Two in three 18 to 34 year olds don't believe that the Bible's account of Jesus' resurrection is real. Just some story, just some fairy tale that's been made up. And that number is continuing to grow. Six in ten don't believe it. And in 2017, a similar poll was taken in Britain. And you can mark it down. America is usually just a few years behind Britain. In London, unfortunately. Listen, they found that in Britain, of those that profess to be Christians... Only 31% said that they actually believe the biblical account that Jesus rose from the grave. Not unbelievers. The the unbelievers, whenever they pulled just as a nation, as as a whole, the number was even far lower than that. 31% of those that professed to believe the Bible said they didn't believe the biblical account of Jesus' resurrection from the grave. We're living in a world that believes less and less the scriptural account that we're talking at and we're looking at this morning. The death, the burial, and yes, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, just like in Paul's day. This belief and this teaching is permeating our culture and it's finding its way even into the church house where there are those that maybe are even here this morning that would say, yes, it sounds like a great story, but somebody actually dying and then 
actually physically rising from the grave. I just don't see how that's logically possible. What a sad state that so many in church find themselves in. Like a fairy tale, the gospel of Christ is turned into a fun story to read, but it's more of a fantasy than anything for so many. This progression, like in Paul's day, had some incredibly disastrous and terrible results, and Paul dives into them. In verse number 14, Paul looks and he says, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. He says, if you don't believe the, the resurrection, if you don't believe that, that Christ is, is risen, if Christ isn't risen, then what in the world are we doing here? I mean, that would be the question today. Why are you here? Okay? I mean, like, what, what are you doing here? If you don't believe it, what are you doing? I mean, that's, that's literally what Paul's saying. He said, listen, our preaching is in vain. Our preaching of, of the gospel, he says, it's, it's a waste. What in the world are we doing? In verses 15 and 16, he goes on and he says, Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised, if He raised not up, if he, so be that the dead rise not. If, if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. Paul, Paul looks and he takes, an even, he takes another leap beyond saying, listen, this is a waste. He looks and he says, listen, if Christ didn't actually rise from the dead, then I'm a liar. That's what he's saying there. He says, listen, then I'm just, I'm just a liar. He says, and, and listen, I'm a false prophet. He says, listen, you should just stone me now. I mean, like, that's what he's saying there. He says, listen, if, if Christ didn't actually rise from the grave, if the resurrection isn't a real thing, what are we doing here? And I'm a big, fat liar. He says, you can't believe anything that I've said. Just throw the whole thing out. So what does that mean? Well, we obviously have to throw out the book of Romans and First and Second Corinthians. And we'd have to get rid of Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and, and 1st and 2nd Thessalonians and, and 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus and, and Philemon and, and probably Hebrews as well. And why? Because Paul wrote those and, and we just have to throw them all out. Why? Because Paul would just be nothing more than a liar. And for that matter, if Jesus isn't risen, then we should probably just throw out the rest of the Gospels with it as well, because the Gospels all tell the same story of Jesus rising from the grave. And if we're going to throw out the Gospels, then, well, we might as well throw out the whole New Testament and, you know, while we're at it, just throw out the whole Bible. Because it's all big, one, just one big lie. If Jesus didn't rise from the grave. It gets even worse. Look at verse 17. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. And ye are yet in your sins. Oh man. He says, if Christ isn't risen, then you have no hope. You're still in your sins. Romans chapter number 3, verse number 10 tells us, as is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. In verse 23 says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so Romans 6.23, as it says, the wages of sin is death. And you can just throw out the second heart part of that verse because there is no gift of God that is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If Jesus is arisen. 
You see, if Jesus isn't risen from the grave, then we are continuing in our sins. And listen, there's nothing that you can do to obtain salvation in and of yourself. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 makes that very clear. It says, for by grace, God's grace, you are saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 tells us this. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when our faith is increased that we should be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. Listen, friend, if we don't have hope, if we don't have that hope that's in Christ Jesus and his resurrection, then we have no hope at all. And you are still in your sins. And then Paul takes it one step further. Then they, in verse number 19, if, or verse number 18, then they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Listen, if this isn't depressing enough already, Paul says if Christ isn't risen, then all those that have died believing in Christ, well, he says they're gone. That's what he says. He says they're perished. They, they're, just, they're just gone. It has the idea of dissolving into nothingness. That's what he says. Listen, if there's no hope of, of Christ's resurrection, there's no rising from the dead, then listen, there's no hope that one day we're going to see our loved ones again. He said, then all those people that, that, that have died, they're, they're just nothing. They're just, they're just gone. There's just a memory. That's, that's all there is to it. And, and listen, I mean, listen, I'm telling you this morning, if you came here today expecting a happy message, well... It's been pretty depressing so far. Verse number 19, Paul finally says this. In this life, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. (laughs) Paul, Paul finishes with the reality. He says, there is no hope if Christ isn't risen. You you just live and then you die and that's it. There's no purpose to your life. He says we are of all men most miserable. Have you watched the news recently? (laughs) It turned on the TV for for five seconds. Um, You open your eyes where you're pushing the cart down the aisle at at Walmart. Where you're pumping gas at the gas station. Have you looked around recently? You know what you see? People are miserable. Sad. Lives are broken. There's no purpose. Just waking up day after day after day after day, going to serve the almighty dollar that leaves everyone feeling so empty. Inflation is rampant. Gas prices are through the roof. Lumber prices, you can't even think about building anything. Our nation has become a laughingstock. Uncertainty is in every household. And if the only hope, that Paul says, that we have is in this life, he says, listen, it's miserable. And that's true. I mean, you look around. I mean, all you see is people that are just depressed and discouraged and, and, and just broken over uh, the state of our world that we're living in. And, and, and I mean, it's just it's a sad time to be alive, really. I mean, that's the way it feels to so many. Now, listen, before we get so depressed that you never come back to this church again, okay? 
I know, we've, we've taken a long, long drive down a dark road here. But Paul's setting the stage for something. He's going through and he's saying, listen, if Christ is not risen, do you understand the ramifications of that? I mean, he's going through and he's like, listen, life is pointless. That's, that's what he's saying. If Christ isn't risen, what in the world are you even doing? What's the point? But then we come to verse 20. Look at this with me. This is, listen, this is where it's at. This is what Paul's been reaching to. Verse number 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead. I want you to say that with me, okay? Just that first part there. Ready? Let's say it. But now is Christ risen from the dead. Do you hear what he says there? This is interesting. Paul says he used two definite, uh, two, two definite words that are talking about a present tense and continuing on. What does he say? But now is. Now is. He says, listen, I'm going to tell you this. He said, life is miserable if Christ didn't rise from the dead. But I've got good news today. He says, listen, now is. He says, it's, it's happening now and it's continually happening forever and ever and ever and ever. What? Christ is risen from the grave. Listen, don't miss it this morning because we've got great news. But now is Christ risen from the dead. He is alive. Listen, death could not hold him and the grave could not keep him. Matthew chapter number 28, the Bible says this, and the angel answered and said unto the women, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. Why? Because he has risen as he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay in Acts chapter number 1, verse number 3, the, the angels are speaking, and the, the, the writer of Acts writes, and he says, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He says, listen, after Jesus Christ was crucified... He physically, bodily rose from the grave. He said, do you need proof? He said, people saw him. You say, who saw him? Well, let me, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. There in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 5. And that he was seen of Cephas, of, of Peter, then of the twelve. And after that he was seen above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. He says, listen, he was seen of about 500 people at one time. If you don't believe me, listen, most of them are still alive. Just go ahead and go and ask them. That's what Paul's saying here. And he goes on, but, but some are falling asleep. Some have died, but but listen, many of them are still alive. Go ask him for yourself. And that he was seen of James, and then of all the apostles. And alas, he was seen of me as one born out of due time, just as real as Jesus' death on the cross was. His physical, bodily resurrection is just as real today. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 55 through 57. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now is Christ risen. And if Christ is risen, our preaching is not in vain. And if Christ is risen, our faith is not in vain. And if Christ is risen, then this book is true. And if Christ is risen, you can't have forgiveness for your sins. And if Christ is risen, then those loved ones that have passed on, oh listen, we can see Him again one day, praise God. And if Christ is risen, we have hope today. Don't miss the last part of that verse. Oh, he says, and now is Christ risen in verse number 20. And he's become the first fruits of them that slept. Not only is Christ risen from the dead today, 
But because he rose from the grave, he is proof that those who have trusted Christ as their Savior will one day live again with him. Christ is just the first. One day, all those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he says, listen, Christ was just the first fruit. One day, everybody that's trusted in Christ as their Savior will rise again with him. Paul reached the end of his life. And he penned those sweet words in 2 Timothy chapter number 4 from, from, that, from the jail cell, from that Mamertine prison where he'd be lowered down. That Mamertine prison, they had a hole that they dropped them into. And then there was a second hole in the middle that they dropped into the lower prison. That's probably where Paul was. Most of the time people died right there in that prison. Paul there at the end of his life knowing that he was going to end it. This was it. He was finishing it. I mean, this was done. I mean, his whole life was over. He takes that pen and that quill. He takes it and he dips it in that ink one more time. He bites takes that parchment and he writes it there for us. And he says this, I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. Oh, but listen, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love His appearing. Paul says, listen, I've got hope. I've got hope that this isn't the end. That I'm going to be in the presence of my Savior. And He's going to give me a crown that I'm going to cast at His feet. But He says, listen, it's not for me only. It's for all those that love His appearing. Oh, Jesus is alive today in a world that's filled with heartache. In a world that's broken. In a world that's just bad news. And there's depression. And there's war. And there's hate. And there's division. You say, Kyle, what in the world? Why are you so excited this morning? You were so depressed just a second ago. Now you're so happy. And Kyle, I feel like you're bipolar a little bit. And you're looking at me and saying, Kyle, I don't understand it. Listen, friend. Uh, The reason that I'm excited today is because I have hope. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. Someone who rose from the dead. Listen, now is he risen from the dead. Now here's the sad reality. While many Christians would claim to believe that Christ is risen. Many in this room, I have no doubt, if we went around, especially after a message like today, everybody's going to be like, yeah, I, I have to believe that. It's true. Whether you believe it or not, you're going to say you do. And, and you're, yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. While many say that they believe that Christ has risen, the way they live their lives tells a very different story. See, Paul said at the beginning in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also ye have received, and listen, and wherein ye stand. See, the truth of the physical bodily resurrection of Christ, yes, it saves you from your sin. And you have to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You have to believe that to be saved. But it shouldn't stop there. The truth of Jesus' resurrection should empower you to live every day of your life for him. In the middle of this passionate plea of 1 Corinthians 15, as Paul is writing these words and he's talking about these things, he comes to verse number 34. And he says this, Awake to righteousness and sin not. 
For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. In the context of this passage, Paul is saying to these believers, wake up! Stop living like Christ didn't, li- didn't rise from the grave. Stop living like there is no resurrection. Stop living like there is no hope. Why? Because there are some that don't know God. There are some that have never been saved. And it's because you aren't living like Christ is alive. That's what he says. I speak this to your shame. It's because of you. Why? Because you're living like Christ didn't rise from the grave. You're living like those that don't have hope. You're living like those that don't believe that Christ is truly alive today. Friend, if you came in this morning, your heart is hurting. And maybe you walk in and you say, listen, my life, miserable. I mean, that was, like, that was my life verse that you quoted this morning. I mean, it's just, it's just it's miserable. Could it be that you've never truly dealt with your sins? Maybe you're here this morning and you need the first part. You need to understand that Jesus Christ died In your place. He died to pay for your sins. Romans chapter number 10 gives us a wonderful promise. That if we will believe that Jesus Christ did die on that cross. And and to pay for your sins. To pay for the wage that you and I can't pay. And he did rise again. Then the Bible gives us a wonderful promise in Romans chapter number 10. Verse number 9. It says this. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And shalt believe in thine heart. That what? That God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation he says you have to believe it in your heart confess it with your mouth that Jesus Christ I know that I am a sinner and I can't do it on my own and I'm trusting in you and you alone to get me to heaven it's Jesus his resurrection from the grave that gives us eternal life when we put our trust in him Friend, if you're here this morning and maybe you've been trusting in something else. Maybe you've been trusting in Jesus plus something else. Oh, listen, there are probably people that that are here this morning, maybe watching online. I know I've had a number of people text me and say, we'll be watching the service online. Maybe you're watching online this morning and and, and God is speaking to your heart because you recognize that, yes, you believe that Jesus came, that he died on the cross. Sure, you'll even say that he rose from the grave. But religion has fooled you into believing that it's not just Jesus that can get you to heaven. You need Jesus plus baptism. You need Jesus plus your good works. You need Jesus plus go to church. Listen, friend, Jesus plus anything is not grace. That's works. And the Bible says it's not of works lest any man should boast. If it was by our works, you know what would happen? We'd get to heaven one day, and I'd walk over. I always pick on Rick, but I'd walk over to Rick, and I'd be like, Rick, how'd you get here? And he'd say, well, I did this, and I did that, and I did this, and I did that. And I said, well, Rick, I was a preacher. <laughs> he'd be like, oh, oh, you're right. Okay, yes, all right. Yeah. 
No, that, that's what we would do, though. We, we, I mean, everybody compared themselves amongst themselves. And the Bible says it's not of works. Listen, any man should boast. Be somebody over here that said, well, I was baptized. And somebody over here said, well, I wasn't baptized. Oh, no. No, 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 no. The Bible says it's by Jesus Christ and him alone. And if you've trusted in anything other than Jesus and him alone to get you to heaven, then friend, this morning, I've got great news. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can have that knowledge that you're going to spend eternity in heaven with God. You can have that knowledge today, now, that you have the forgiveness of your sins. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're the toughest guy in this room or if you crawled in on your hands and your knees because life is miserable. Listen, it doesn't matter who you are. One day we will all stand by ourselves before God. God will look at us and say, why should I let you in? The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter number 7, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and cast out devils, done many marvelous works? I, I, I served at, at, at the church. I, I, I gave money in the offering plate. I, I helped with the children's church. I, I sang a special. He's going to look and say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. You say, that sounds harsh. God is holy, God is love, but God is just as well. And a holy, righteous God has to judge sin, and sin cannot get into heaven. And if you're trusting in yourself to pay for your sin, you will stand before God one day. Now, listen, I'm telling you, sometimes you've got to tell people the hard things. You, you will stand before God someday. And he will look at you and say, I never knew you. You see, it doesn't matter if I went around this room and said, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And everybody said, oh, yeah, 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 I know Jesus. I know Jesus. I know Jesus. My question to you this morning is, does Jesus know you? Will he look at you and say, yes, you're one of mine. Because you put your faith and trust in what my son did for you on that cross. Friend, if you are saved, if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, we have hope. Now is Christ risen from the dead. He's alive today. He's alive today. Friend, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, recognize that there is hope. Why? Because Jesus is alive. And because of his resurrection, we have hope, not just for one day. We have hope today. And we need to take that hope and give it to those that don't have that hope. You say, Kyle, you think you're better than everybody else because you've got something nobody else has? No, 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 that's not at all. Listen, what I'm sharing with you this morning is from this book. This book, the Bible. And I would encourage you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, or if you do know him and you've been living a defeated life, oh, thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's victory. Why? Because he is alive. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed this morning as we finish our service. This morning, maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart as we were...
preaching this message. And, and listen, I know the natural tendency whenever conviction happens is to bristle up and to, oh, I don't like this. I don't want to hear this and to resist it. But can I encourage you this morning? Would you just take a moment and just ask the Lord to show you truth? Show you truth. If what we preach this morning from the gospel, if it's true, and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, well, listen, you're in big trouble. If what I preach this morning isn't true, then hey, listen, you can go throughout your life and, and do whatever you want because, listen, it's, it's, Christ isn't risen. It's miserable. Oh, but friend, if it is true, if the Bible is true, then what we looked at this morning is true as well. This morning, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you're sitting in this room this morning, and you say, Kyle, I came in this morning. I didn't know what to expect. This morning, the Holy Spirit spoke into my heart. God spoke to my heart from the Word of God. And I realized this morning that I am a sinner, and that I cannot obtain salvation on my own. Oh, friend, when I was nine years old, I came to that place, and I realized it. You may be 9 years old, 19 years old, 99 years old, but you'd say, God spoke to me this morning. Friend, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, the Bible tells us you can do that right where you're seated. The Word of God tells us that you can call on the name of the Lord. Say, Kyle, what's that look like? It's just humbling yourself to the point of saying, I know that I am a sinner and I can't have salvation on my own. I need what Christ did for me on that cross. And I am trusting in his payment right now. Friend, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you can pray right now. and Just say, Jesus, will you forgive me for my sins? I'm trusting in you and you alone to take me to heaven. Be quiet at this moment. If that's you this morning, would you just pray that right where you're seated? you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you just pray and say, the Holy Spirit's spoken to me? Yes, Kyle, I've got some questions, but there's one thing that I do know. I know that I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior, but I sure want to know. I want to base it on the promise of God's Word. In this morning, the quiet of this moment, you can pray that. Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, and I know that I can't do it on my own, and I'm trusting in you, your payment for me on that cross. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, nobody's looking around, and, and I don't, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but listen, I would like to know so that I can talk with you about it. Maybe you're here this morning, and you'd say, Kyle, when I came in this room, I didn't know that I was on my way to heaven this morning. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, and just now, Kyle, just now, I prayed, and I asked Jesus to forgive me for my sins. I, I, I trusted in him. As my Savior. Listen, heads bowed and with eyes closed. Nobody's looking around. But you say, Kyle, just between me and you, I want you to know that I made that decision. Can I just see your hand just for a moment? Just slip it up for just one second. Is there anybody like that? Anybody at all? I, I, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call out your name. You say, that's me. I've accepted Christ as my Savior. Amen. Amen. One more question. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands on this one. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Kyle, I've been living a defeated life. Because I've not been living in the hope that Jesus Christ rose from that grave. This morning I realized that I should be living a victorious Christian life. That there's hope in what Jesus Christ did when he rose from that grave. And this morning I want the Lord to help me to walk and live in that hope. I want to tell others about what Jesus did. God spoke to my heart this morning. Friend, this morning I hope that if, if the Lord spoke to you that way, you'll take a few moments and commit yourself to live that life.
for him. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, we're going to have some music play. Let's stand together and as the music plays. Father, bless now this time. As many do business with you. Work in hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. With heads bowed and with eyes closed as we stand together. Maybe you need to want to take a few moments. You want to pray there in your seat. Maybe you want to come up to the front and you want to pray at an altar. But you say the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart this morning. He started me about something this morning. I want to spend some time just talking to the Lord. Spend a few moments just praying and doing some business with God. He, he pointed some things in my life that, oh man, I'm living a defeated life. Maybe you just want to thank God for the salvation that He gives. You say, Kyle, I've, man, I trusted Christ as my Savior a long time ago, but man, I've not been living the life we talked about this morning, living that life of hope. There is life to live to Christ. that comes in the life of Christ. The Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning. Hope you take a few minutes and speak. Isaac's going to lead us in a song this morning. Isaac, you come.